From the Maximum Fun Network, this is The Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. When she found out they were going to shoot her husband into space, Annie Glenn wanted to talk to her minister. They were faithful people, the Glens, devout Ohio Presbyterians, believers deep down. And when John Glenn was chosen to be one of the Mercury astronauts, Annie Glenn wanted to make sure that that was okay, that man could leave the planet and stay in God's good graces, or that the heavens weren't actually heaven. Her minister consulted the scriptures and found no good reason to keep her husband earthbound. And so on a March day in 1962, while John waited in a small metal capsule atop a 94-foot rocket for the clouds above the launch pad to flutter off and clear the Florida sky, Annie prayed for clear weather, for her husband's safe return, for America. The Glens were devout Ohio patriots, believers deep down. And then she sat on the rug in the living room in front of the TV, hugging her knees to her chest, as Mission Control counted down to liftoff. And then watched the smoke billow and the flame flash as her husband was propelled up into the blue and into the troposphere and stratosphere and mesosphere and into the black. Guy looking very dark outside. He was to orbit the Earth three times in a little less than five hours, and there was much work to do. John was a Navy man, a war hero, duty-bound, yes sir, no sir, the right man for the job, if the job was checking off an array of procedures and processes, and monitoring the capabilities of the spacecraft and the spaceman. All the while keeping your eyes on your work, while the Earth whips by your window, while dawn turns to day, turns to night, turns to dawn, and on and on. While white ribbons of cloud royal and roll and break over Bali, or Boca Raton, or Dar es Salaam. But somewhere above the South Pacific, as he rounded into his second swing around the globe, something caught his eye. Uh, this is Friendship 7. I'll try to describe what I'm in here. Uh, I'm in a, a big mass of some very small particles. Uh, that are brilliantly lit up, like they're luminescent. I never saw anything like it. They're around the He was flying through they're a field of tiny glowing orbs. Uh, and they look like little stars, a whole shower of them coming Brightly by. lit, luminescent. They look like little stars, the fireflies. Uh, they swirl around the capsule and go a whole shower the of them surrounding him, seeming to follow him. There are literally thousands of them. Literally thousands of them. When John Glenn came back down to Earth and debriefed the folks at NASA and met the press and the president, neither he nor any of them had any good explanation for what he'd seen up there in space. And the mystery stayed with him, hung around his head like one of his glowing orbs, like the ticker tape that flittered around he and Annie at the parades the grateful nation threw in his honor. But he was a man comfortable with mysteries. He was a believer deep down. And he'd write that his experience in space, in the glowing fireflies, affirmed that faith. No one could see what he saw, he was sure, and not believe in God, not believe in miracles. He said the same thing some 35 years later, when he went into space again at the age of 77. By that point, people had solved the mystery. 
The glowing orbs weren't some extraterrestrial fireflies, weren't some flickering seraphim escorting a faithful man through the heavens, weren't some godly being, some shimmering intelligence beyond our own. They were pee. John Glenn's urine, expelled from the capsule and frozen in thousands of tiny orbs that caught the sun and then seemed to glow from within. So, no miracle miracle. Just a 40-year-old man from Cambridge, Ohio, taking a leak while flying 18,000 miles an hour, 162 miles above the Earth, in an aluminum capsule made up of thousands upon thousands of individual parts, designed and manufactured and assembled by thousands upon thousands of individual Americans. Because the winding polyvariant histories of two nations pit those nations in an odd and temporary competition, at an odd and temporary historical moment. While the man's wife watched the TV, knees clutched to her chest on the living room carpet, which is close enough to a miracle for me.